Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 49 of the How We See Things podcast. I am Statesman X, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan Sark. Dan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, even. <laughs> oh, listen, it's been a long, it's been a long week. It's been a long it week. It has. It has. It has. A, a, a lot has happened basically during the week, you know, like a lot of news, as is always the case. But I felt like, you know, we should give them a potpourri episode um, today, um, yeah. starting essentially with, you know, I guess somewhat interesting news out of the front lines, um, by the front lines, I mean Ukraine. Um, sometime, I think, earlier this year or mid this year, I think it was discovered that, you know, um, in the course of Russia's action in Ukraine, Russia took out the internet services there. Um, in Silicon Valley, in you know the Bay Area, phone calls were made in Ukraine as well. I think in DC, phone calls were made to see how they could get the people of Ukraine internet because the soldiers there need internet to prosecute the war. They needed to navigate like their missiles and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so Starlink, incomes billionaire. Um, genius or idiots, depending on, you know, usually what side of the political aisle you are. What qualifies you to be a genius? Is it daddy owning a diamond mine? Is that, is that, is that what No, I mean, it, be being, a, being, building a company worth, you know, as much as it's worth qualifies you to some, some extent, to some respect, um, essentially, while they are mitigating factors, as you described. So incomes, genius or idiot, depending on how you feel. Elon Musk with Starlink. Um, and, you know, the means by which the Ukrainians can, you know, push back against Russian aggression. Mm-hmm. But then Ukraine is about to take a military action somewhere in the sea there. Um, and, you know, they, they, they're supposed to use the, Star- the Starlink, basically, connectivity or the Starlink connection to do it. They need Elon Musk's. Somehow or the other, they find out that it's off, essentially. Like, they can't do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, they make calls, they reach out to people, and they discover that Elon Musk, you know, gave the order for the Wi-Fi to be turned off, essentially, so that they couldn't, you know, that they couldn't do what's... You are crazy. Um, like, firstly, let's just actually contextualize this, right? There's a war going on, like a yeah, full-blown right. war. Two national entities, huge national entities. We're talking tens of millions of people on the Ukrainian side. We're talking hundreds of millions for the Russian Federation, right? These are two enormous countries, not in terms of global impact, Ukraine in terms of... I'm just setting the scene, right? In yeah. terms of grain, in terms of uranium, in terms of any kind of arable food crop that you can think of, Ukraine is one of the world leaders. Then you talk about Russia. You talk about its heritage. You know, whether or not you, you agree with Russia or whatever, it's one of the world's most influential countries. You talk about the culture their natural resource, their army. And then one guy can press the off button. It's, 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 it's almost like, and I think there's, there's a complex called the God complex, right? There's a, there's a complex called the God, God complex, right? And you almost have to think of it. I mean, I can understand the moral arguments as to why. I mean, yeah, let's, 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 you know, let's, what's the meaning? One guy, could just turn off the internet and he paused the war which is just crazy no, so apparently he got a call from the russian ambassador saying that if you know ukraine went ahead with what they were trying to do that russia would have no choice but to respond using nuclear weapons um I believe is that, I believe, is that verified information? Who was there? No, that, did he report no, that information to the authorities? Let's 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 give him essentially what what he says. Let's let's, let's take him at his word. Um, but but I think I was listening to uh, Apple Bomb the other day, who who was also in, in Ukraine recently. She's one of these like um, Brookings Institution DC foreign policy, you know, um, um, wonkets uh, as you may. Um, she was talking about the fact that, like, I think Ukraine apparently went ahead and did the strike, but with because after Elon Musk did whatever he did, obviously the need arose and somebody else supplied the internet. Um, so they are not using Starlink anymore, and they ended up doing carrying out the mission that they wanted to carry out, and there was no nuclear attack. Um, so essentially, like Russia bluffed, you know, um, 
they bluffed Elon Musk. He bought his hook, line, and sinker. And, you know, who knows how the world, how the tide could have turned if Ukraine was able to do what they ended up doing um, earlier. Yeah, yep. and, and, and the question you raise is an interesting one because, you know, how can one man have all that power? Um, and unfortunately, we live in a world, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on, you know, your persuasion, we live in a world where somebody can be a billionaire. You can amass a ridiculous amount of wealth that gives you influence over not only military activity, but foreign policy, um, you know, domestic policy. And there are some people who say, like, abolish billionaires. Um, and this is an interesting, I guess, segue. I don't know how we got into talking about billionaires from all of this, but I guess that's the end takeaway that's, you know, should anybody be able to amass that much um, wealth? How come this person has that much power? How come Elon Musk? Because for Starling to be able to do that, Starling needed to be an approved government contractor. Um, so, this is this is this is one of my biggest issues with what I call rapid capitalism, and I blame mm-hmm. I place the blame squarely with the United States of America because this is it's the home of you don't you, know, you don't place the blame on your on your affordable priced car from who knows where it's assembled and TV that you're watching and the video game that you play and your mobile phone that you love so much. I mean, you don't. Those, you don't those, those are all valid points. Okay. The, what we're talking about is the spirit of rabid capitalism, and America is the birthplace. And you you've agreed to this in the past. I don't know why. You know, you're, what's, you're... what spirit? Speaking of spirit, did you have you seen that video of this billionaire guy, like the billionaire developer, who said basically that like people they would have to hurt the economy. This is somebody uh, talking about talking at some kind of like Davos like events. Right. Some some billionaire developer, and he was like, basically people would have to suffer so that all these entitled workers who during COVID took all this attitude that like you know the employer needs them and not the other way around. Right. That people would, that they would have to be more layoffs. He was alluding to the fact that like you know we're already seeing this happening because there has been a wave of layoffs in tech companies and in many companies like around. Um the job market is a very strange place right now. I disagree. And 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 the reason I disagree with this individual is this. No, I, I do I don't agree that I'm just I was just an example of like the depravity of these billionaire people, like basically he was something. No, no, I'm like, saying I disagree saying, with yeah, the point now. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. economy should suffer. People need to suffer first of all so that they can learn their place and you know yeah, be more yeah. willing. I mean, the, the 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 since time memoriam, um mm-hmm. in order to have very rich, you by necessity need to have very poor. It's just it's the schematics of life because we have finite resources in this world. We have finite numbers of ways of making money, right? You might think you're an innovator. You might think you're doing something that has never been done before. Um, and in terms of inventions, sure, you might be inventing something new. But how many of these billionaires nowadays get rich by invention, right? I'll wait. Now, when we talk about this comment of, oh, during COVID, the workers, the proletariat rising up, knowing about their rights, blah, blah, blah. To me, all I just hear is I own a lot of real estate. People aren't coming to the office as much anymore. I'm losing out on rent. I'm paying tens of thousands of pounds or dollars a month, whatever your currency of choice is, Canadian dollars, US dollars, Barbados, whatever you're spending, right? That's all I'm hearing. These guys want to stay rich, and the best way to stay rich is by being stingy. Now, richest people are some of the stingiest people you meet. When you hear things about this ego, you're talking about ego um, that comes with this wealth, and whether or not billionaires should be so powerful. For me, I look at it as a case of, if you've managed to attain it, good on you, fair enough, well and good. Because the world has allowed you, in one way or another, to attain that level of wealth, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to sit down here and lie. No, and the, the, say, the, ever... the fundamental, the fundamental critique of billionaires, like and their existence, is that it's not possible to amass that much wealth without. without this was the point I was going to get to. Yeah, there's no billionaire who's an ethical billionaire who who is clean, you know, who 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 is supposedly, you know. Um, 
traceable, quote and unquote, in terms of all their source of funds. Now, for me, if I do ever get to a billion dollars, pounds, not Naira, but even that one, I won't even mind. But yeah, because a billion is a billion, right? It's a lot. Ultimately, you screwed someone over to get there. Now, that could be a class of people in terms of workers' rights, because, for example, you've employed a lot of cheap labor to facilitate rapid growth and increase in terms of sales or some sort of commodity that you're selling at a profit. That's how people make money. You Mm -hmm. drop change somewhere in the chain and then oversell somewhere else in the chain. Ergo, more profit. That's the simple economics. I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're you're, you're correct, though. So for me, when I look at... Let's take it back to our, our dearest Musk. Now, that situation to me, when I heard about it, I wasn't entirely surprised because this is someone who is clearly surpassed the path of looking at his bank account, right? So I know states my next does it. I do this. I check my bank account. Even though I know the amount, too, I know how much is there. Yeah, I might check, check, yeah. I'll check it. I might check it, you know. At four you might o'clock. check it before you go out. And, it's like if you're you going know, out and doing the day or something. Exactly, right? That's happened there, but you're checking yeah. Why? Because we're still earning money at a level where yeah. it makes a difference. Looking at figures makes a difference when you get paid and you look at your account, the day after payday, you know, it looks, it feels different. Mm. This is an individual, Mr. Musk, who, to him, monetary values now are counted in terms of, uh, for him, different strata, right? So he's looking at where his monies are getting to a million, right? So he's probably looking at money from a point of view of how am yeah, I... Yeah, like, aside from how exorbitantly wealthy he, he is, because of his influence, he has a and profound this, responsibility or he has profound responsibilities. Yes. Which is why, which is why, you know, you, you find that, like, in companies, companies usually have, like, some kind of, like, you know, environmental, sustainable something that they do because it's understood as a concept in economics and in our society that if you have mass certain level of wealth, you should give some of it away. So there's no yes, billionaire, there's no... Yeah, there, there is no company of a certain scale that isn't involved in some kind of like corporate social responsibility mm-hmm. um, of that sort. Um, and that is a very broad term. Essentially, it includes decision making about how much you pay, actual, actual giving back, the way you're run, etc., etc. And Elon Musk, it's, it's not helpful that the Elon Musk that exists now is basically a Twitter troll, Intel, Reddit guy that, you know, is replying all sorts of weird characters on his platform, is, you know, actively engaged in... Because everybody understands how powerful Twitter is and what what he's making it now, you know, reflects his political leanings, which also inform his decision-making when Russia calls him and tells him that, like, if he doesn't turn off the internet. Um, He's framing it as saying... He didn't want Starlink to be involved in something that could be considered a and significant of act of war. Yes, yeah, it's opinion. like it's like that's bullshit. You've been involved this entire time. No, not not an atrocity per se. Like an yeah. act of, as in an act of war on a scale here to forth on unknown or seen uh-huh. or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Here's my issue with him. Yeah, ultimately, or people like him in that position, when you get so rich, and the reason I contextualize value of money to him. Right, and I said the thing about the account, and we laugh about that. But in reality, Elon Musk, what's in his bank account is not—he doesn't really care. He's talking about level of assets now. He's talking about stat lines. He's talking about liquidity. He's not here looking at his bank account. And when you get to that level, think of uh, someone who's addicted to a particular drug. Right, they're always looking for that high. Right, and yeah. they, they get to a point where they get used to the high. Right, they 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 started to you know they've been taking paracetamol for years. They start to graduate. What's the ibuprofen maybe? And then you know they start messing around with some methadone. I don't know whatever they give people for pain these days. Right, and um, at a point you're just like mm, I just need something else. Just something more, something different, something that's inaccessible. And this is the thing, this is the problem 
is this been... is this a PSA against drugs? That that, I mean, that, that you always that you always want something something more. <laughs> that, I mean, that you start that you start smoking weed one day and next thing you know you're you're sucking dick for crack on the streets. Is that <laughs> is that what you're trying to tell us? I mean. I, if you, I wasn't drawing that, but I mean, that's an analogy. You could, you could look at it as the, the dangers of gateways, right? Right. In itself, wealth itself is a gateway. And if you notice, billionaires get to a point where what they want is power. It's power. And power comes in different forms. So when we talk about people like uh, Rupert Murdoch, he decides that he's made so much money from newspapers and entertainment what he wants to do now is choose presidents, right? Mm. He wants to influence policy. That's real power. Musk says, hmm, this Twitter platform is really giving the liberals... It, it, it's, it, Twitter, at a point, became such a febrile place where we talk about where we talk about real discussion. Like Twitter would set the news. People, discourse would happen on Twitter that would make it to mainstream news. That's how influential Twitter was. Twitter would counsel individuals in 15 minutes. An individual would be counseled on Twitter. That's how influential Twitter was. Twitter would would react to a particular policy idea that would then end up in policy reversal in the next week. That's how influential Twitter was. So what did he say? He said, you know what? I want to control that. I, I have the money. I've got enough money. I want to control the narrative, right? And like you said, you know, naturally when you start to accumulate lots of money, you don't want to be taxed as much. You don't want to lose all that money. You want to enjoy the lifestyle. You just naturally become more conservative. It's just the nature of man because, or woman or them, you know, not, not, not ascribing gender to people. And he suddenly developed all these right-wing views, became supporting particular candidates. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you might not say, you might not say suddenly, you find generally that the older and wealthier people get, the more conservative they get usually, especially like about their economics. Um, but like, you know, what, what we've done so far in this episode essentially is give a critique somewhat of capitalism, power structures, quote-unquote elites, um, you'll be the judge of how we've been able to do that. Um, but I think I, I would say that we've been able to do it without necessarily conspiracizing. Um, that's not always possible for many people out there. And there's a brand of commentary these days that, you know, provides a critique of power structures, but does it by also giving you an explanation for why oh, things yeah. happen the way they do. Be- uh, order. No, just or uh, like you know, big tech, big pharma, big those are the new buzzwords that you hear. And I say this is segue into a conversation about um, Russell Brand, um, who is a well-known you know British comedian, actor, personality. Um, went from whatever the fuck he was doing in the UK to showing up, you know, in American movies in Hollywood. Married Katy Perry. Then is now on his Bohemian guru, um, uh, what would you call it now, libertarian art, where his stick is to call everything big pharma, big tech, and big what, big whatever, and explain to you, explain to you, you being the people, the ways in which these powerful forces collide to um, keep you down. Um, some recently, some some news came out that apparently he had. You know, sexually assaulted um, or raped, you know, several women. Um, he denies it, you know, apparently, and he puts it as part of, he puts it to the conspiracy. So clearly, he's so effective in his rhetoric against these forces big pharma, big tech, big government, big military um, that they've decided to, you know, conduct this smear campaign. And this is often a common refrain you hear of people on the right that the media is in cahoots with, again, these forces, these internationalist, globalist forces that don't want to keep, that don't want you, the small man, to be, you know, happy. These forces are conspiring to smear them um, and to bring them down. Dan, do you you give any credence to, to Russell Brand or any of these theories? Firstly, Russell Brand is a disgusting weasel. And um, 
I never liked the guy. He's a really? he's, a, he's a bloody twat. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I hate to admit that I didn't I didn't mind him. Um, yeah, well, I mean, this is unfortunately <sighs> British people and those of us who've been raised in Britain as well. We have this natural kind of dryness to our humor. We have this kind of, um, you know, there's this kind of stiff upper lip thing that we have. The Americans always find very kind of intriguing, cute, you know, very, it's always very kind of like, wow, look at the way they perceive life, you know? And so I can see why he appeals to a particular kind of audience. I, I get it. Um but I just never, kind of growing up here, watching him on TV, you know, I prefer Frankie Boyle. I prefer Sean Locke, rest in peace. Go and Google these guys if you don't see proper British comics um, of quality from his generation. Um, these are much better comics, in my opinion. So for, to me, Russell Brand was you know, very over the top. So to and, you, none of this is a surprise? Honestly, I'm not entirely surprised. And if you ask anyone, you know, even him getting married to Katy, that was really weird, getting married to Katy Perry um, at that time. I think the unfortunate thing was that, for me, it's the narrative of the man, right? If you see him, Google Russell Brand, he looks like a hippie. Weird, weird why, sorry. Sorry to go back to Katy Perry, because I, I like it, Perry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like it like, as well. I just felt that, she was obviously at the height of her fame, right? Even internationally, um, and he's in- pretty big too, now, right? Like, and, and he's like he's like a rock star, super super cut jaw. Apparently, he's like a sex addict, or some kind of freak, you know. Well, yeah, this and this is that's why I meant about weird. So, Katy Perry, for those of you who don't know, she her big thing was like, oh, she was a Christian girl, quote unquote. Oh, really? When she first started, right? Wasn't that the whole thing that she was a good, oh, girl, no clue, good girl, good girl gone bad? I think type. Thing was the whole. I just, I just know, like, I just know, like, I like, like, yeah, she's a pop yeah, princess, yeah, yeah. and by all accounts, she does a lot for charity, and you know, she was. I just found them a weird pairing. Like, this is a guy who was sleazy in the UK, was known as a sex pest, and actually actively said these things, and this is why. I wasn't surprised. His jokes. I mean, are you are you referring to the are you referring to the age old good girl bad boy pairing as weird? He wasn't even a bad boy, and I think that's what I find a bit strange. He was just or, corny. He was just yeah, I mean, or or he played you know, one in you know, real life now or on TV. Again, again, maybe to a non Brit that's believable, but those of us that watch Russell Brand, like it was just not. To me, I just always see him as a bit out of place. He's he's always been a bit of an actor for me because what I remember him growing up, what I remember him for was his activism, right? So he used to talk a lot about veganism, especially, or vegetarianism, one of those two. And kind of, he was very much against kind of, I think, the whole... He's always had some kind of ideological stick yeah, to Yeah, like, you know, I always, I always envisage him as some sort of 80s hippie, Think you know, think Robert Sheehan in um, in Umbrella Academy. If you haven't watched that, then sorry for you. The character that is not Robert Sheehan. He's a brilliant actor and, by all accounts, an amazing man. So, you know, it's that kind of hippie. You know, always half stoned. You know, is participating in orgies. Partial cult member, kind of weirdo, right? Think a typical Beatles kind of eighties fan, whatever. Anyway, so. I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, how did you get Katy Perry? Because Katy Perry then was like, for those who don't know Katy Perry, she's like Taylor Swift. Like in her generation, she was the it pop star girl. She was the, you know, Miley Cyrus of her time, whatever period of time she ruled the charts. Katy Perry ruled the charts. Like she was the girl. And I just found it, you know, really weird that this guy who... I also thought they had quite a bit of an age gap. I don't know how old they are and stuff like, you know, and it's just, yeah, his jokes were just always overly sexualized and, you know, yeah, he was just, for me, it was an act. And um, 
Some of I mean, as, as as far as as far as narratives go, though, as far as narratives go, as yeah. far as um, political tactics, as far as like the nature of the beast, the beast being um, the media online content game and quote unquote cancellation. Um, do you think Russell Brand is in for a cancellation? Do you think the power of his alternative movements will sustain him um, through any like backlash that comes? It's very interesting that you should tell me that because. Um... I've just had... Oh, wow, yeah. Te- Telegraph is notifying you. Right. I've just had a notification from, te- from the Telegraph telling me that uh, Channel 4 has removed the program, which features the comic, or programs even. And it was literally, as you were talking, the, the notification came in. So will it be cancelled? No. And it's a, it's a sad indictment because for me... People ask. We had some. I mean, even even if it's not cancelled on on, let, let me rephrase. Cancelled, including cancelled stuff like what you just said, like like his bread and butter being affected, like like TV stations deciding not to carry his programs anymore, like YouTube oh. maybe the platforming, you know him. Um, if he's forced to like move to like Rumble or on Twitter or something, I guess Elon Musk is paying people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, checks and maybe he can make some money there. Could be affected. Um, I mean, yeah, I think he's lost some. I think he's more likely to lose social capital. I don't think his bag is going to be affected, quote unquote. In a, if anything, just thanks to your kind of give those details you've said now, he's probably going to increase his bag in terms of the right wing kind of independent media um, ideology space. This is someone who was very mainstream. And this is another thing that I think needs to be made clear to the American audience listening. Those who are American, obviously we have global audience, but for Americans specifically, he wasn't your like, alt-right. He wasn't always this character that he portrays now. This is something that he, (laughs) he kind of grew into when there were whispers floating around. So this isn't the first time there was a comic on stage at Edinburgh Edinburgh Fringe. Edinburgh Fringe Festival is like the leading comedy festival in the UK. Um, And this year there was actually a comic who made kind of, you know, suggestions that, okay, this is what this guy's been up to. Now, Russell Brand will not be cancelled. Now, unfortunately, for a number of reasons. (laughs) Rape, a trigger warning. Rape, uh, domestic abuse, sexual assault, and all variances of um, just heinous crimes. Unfortunately, are not largely believed. And you people, people might be saying, "Oh, what does that matter? What, what does what does that have to do with anything?" Right? <laughs> the the you re, you need a jury to agree, right? Unless you have actual no, life don't belief, belief is not necessarily needed um i mean and also i guess it depends well, i'm on saying in trial now at trial at trial you don't, i don't think that, i don't think there would be a trial I, I i think i don't think cancellation would depend on the legal proceeding i don't think there'll be a trial per se i think the way cancellation works no, no i'm talking about which, purely which, I'm, not talking, you think of I'm talking about the crime i'm talking about just the legal process yeah, I'm just talking about legal. Yeah, no, no. So the, the question isn't so much like a legal, and it's not a legal battle either. Like, you know, he has, he has responded on his channel. It's not a legal battle per se. It's, it's really a social one, you know, a social one and an economic one. Um, social in the sense that, yeah, if, if you do get the platform from all these places and you end up on some Russian hosting site or you end up associated with Elon Musk, you get branded. You know, with with everything these people are, you become part of those guys. Um, him being on YouTube, him still being able to appear in like the odd cameo here and there, him still being able to pretend like he's a comedian guy. Like his whole stick is like like he walks both worlds, and he's like you know some hippie guy, like you said, as in the movies. But he's also very knowledgeable about many different things, and you should listen to him because he has long hair and he sounds like this, um, and all of that. If he loses that like social cachet. Or whether or not he would lose that social cachet is the question. Um, the, the legal one is really... Yeah, I, I don't and, and that question has to do with the vibes of social media. It has to do with like what people are saying in this nebulous, amorphous thing called social media. I, I think... Okay, so in the UK, to use that analogy, so 
I was talking, I was coming from the point of view of why it is that I don't think it will be cancelled because from a legal point of view, those sexual crimes, let's just call them that, sexual crime perpetrated male on female largely based on percentages that we know go not convicted or there's acquittals or, you know, there's always some sort of mitigation, right, given, you know, um, or it's his word against hers. And then it becomes, oh, now I think this is where there's a conjunction with his particular approach. It now becomes, oh, there's um, a big story against me. He was now referencing, who did you reference? Was it Joe Rogan he referenced? Yes, because obviously Joe Rogan does a lot of conspiracy theories and things like that. So to me, there's this whole school of right-wing independent, you know, social media personalities who have this big pharma, big tech, conspiracy, 9-11, you know, was a little, that's the hot one now, obviously, following the recent, most recent anniversary of these things, all these shadowy things, or aliens. Remember when the alien conspiracy? Okay. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on this particular thing because we do have others to get to. But um, I thought it was funny that you mentioned, or you're thinking about it some more. Let, let, me, let me say that. Like, you're thinking about it some more. Um, the way we're describing them as conspiracy theories and the and the idea, ludicrous or not, that if you speak out against the forces, things would happen to you. Um, we see that happen in Nigeria. We understand that phenomenon quite remotely. The idea that like your life or livelihood could be affected by the powers that be, depending on how you speak against them. And so if you're a TV station, you could be fined. If you're somebody who says something, if you're a DJ Switch, for example, you might need to go into hiding. Um, mm. Many people have died. Many people have had their you know um, um, livelihoods taken from them. So we recognize that threat acutely. Do you do you see any possibility eh, that the cause and effect alone itself, or that there might be some credence to this, you know, idea? Um, do, do you do you recognize because like that inverted form of like understanding of power dynamics? It is a legitimate form. That if you say you can say, look at all the things you are not allowed to say in any society. Mm. That's where power resides. It's an extremely reductive way to think about things, but that is the school of thought for assessing power dynamics. Um, some people have other, you know, school of school of thought. You can say um, power dynamics have more to do with wealth concentration than taboo topics. Um, you can say power dynamics in society have more to do with population, so actual physical population, than either of those formats with things. Um, so do you give any credence to that one school of thought that power dynamics lie in any society in taboo topics, the things that you're not allowed to um, talk about? Um, okay, it's a factor, but it, it, I think it would be disingenuous to say that, yes, solely lies there. Why? Because... We know that in reality, um, <laughs> money makes the world go spin-spin, makes the world go round-round. So taboo topics, definitely, in so far as we're talking. I think most of what we're really alluding there to is setting the narrative, right? It's setting the boundaries of discourse. It's essentially excusing accountability. Because really and truly, there should be freedom to speak about any individual on any topic. However, at some point in our history, we realized that saying certain things offends people. Actions and words have consequences. Yes, it's more, it's more than offense. So well, it's, it wasn't it's just a, an offense. Yeah, it's more than offense. It wasn't just an offense point. We then realized that if we didn't restrict some words being said, the actions that then followed in repatriation would create anarchy. Essentially, that's what it is. If you don't restrict to a reasonable point what can be said on certain topics, society then of itself can take it upon itself to react in a particular way. That in itself would not be problematic apart from the fact that we all live in society. So if you, it's, it's one thing to say, oh, free speech, free speech, or oh, allow, let's say, for example, allow hate speech for argument's sake. You could, in theory, say, okay, I want free speech. I want free speech everywhere. 
we all have to live on this planet. So if you allow hate speech and those of a particular who the hate is, yeah, so H-A-T-T-E's, those who are hated upon, decide they want to react in a particular way, then as society, you almost have to, because you haven't legislated, you, have, you haven't... You it's have, like, that's, you that's one want, angle. That, that's one angle, but I get like, like the major... It's a societal, you know, kind of um, flashpoint. So I would argue that like the, the major consideration in in what you're describing is that um, certain types of speech, you know, that, that human beings are vulnerable to certain persuasions. So human beings are vulnerable to to crowd persuasion. If you find yourself in the crowd, chances are if they are chanting something, you'll be swept up in the force and you start chanting it too. By the time you join your voice to the crowd, the chorus is very loud. Um, that people are vulnerable to demagoguery. Essentially, human beings are not truth-seeking creatures. We're affirmation-seeking creatures. Correct. Um, we tend to gravitate towards things that confirm our biases. So political leaders who, you know, are demagogues, who engage in speech that confirm our basest of biases, so biases towards bigotry, biases towards like negative attitudes towards your fellow man, biases towards selfishness, that type of speech is dangerous and shouldn't be allowed to thrive because it often leads to, as you're describing, anarchy. But the anarchy that comes, comes in the form usually of oppressor-oppressed dynamic. Usually when speech that we're worried about is the kind that leads to persecution Uh of a powerful group, um, um, of a powerless group or a minority group by a more powerful um, group, essentially. Yeah, so I can see where you're coming in terms of that being a power dynamic factor. And I, like I said, I do think that constitutes a factor. But I just think that things like money, resource control, they just have greater... Yeah, that, that's definitely... I mean, especially if you're looking at the beginning of society or the base of societies, when you're talking about constitutions, when you talk about things like elections, then these things become very important, right? But ultimately... It's still money that pushes some of these things in one way or another, right? No, no, it's um, it's a good it's it's a good um, I think frame that we've adopted now because the the topic of like power, power dynamics, responsibility that come with power with regards to speech and setting of narratives, um, it, it's it's a good area to be in because I want to segue into Rema's speech at the VMAs. Um, you know, basically, and he gave props to Fela and Berna and Whiskey and all the people who started this genre. And he basically took a more positive, um, you know, line or told a more positive line with regards to representation or his representation of Afrobeats on the global stage. Now you can contrast that to um, Berna Boy's, you know, own delivery. Uh, the message that Bonaparte tried to put across, um, no. you know, being a... Why are you doing this to yourself? No, 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 no. I, I, I would grant that, like, um, Rema's speech was very smart. Um, and I'm, I'm here to have a conversation about the merits of um, either approach, because we're just talking about power and the responsibility that comes mm-hmm. with power with regards to certain narratives. Yep. Um, so, you know, Rema, with the kind of power that he has, with the access and with the platform that he has, chose to convey a certain message, contrast oh. that to the message that Burner Boy chose to set and the narrative that Burner Boy chose to promote versus yep. the narrative that in you know, a chose to promote of like a long line of very successful artists starting from Fela versus Burner Boy's own narrative of you know Fela somewhere there and a bunch of people flitting around and him being the shining star. Yeah, I guess I mean well, this is much. I, I I feel like there's a bar. I'm not. I'm. I, I can see you dangling the bait. Do I want to take the bait? I. Uh, you know what? Uh, heck, I'll take it. Um. Right. I. I. I think that the key word for me is chose. Chose. Right. Um. Those two individuals won an award. Berners wasn't an exception speech, granted. However, you know, you could look at it as a seminal moment, right? It's like an album launch period, so high media moment. Obviously, Rema won Best Afrobeat Song, was it, or something, at VMAs with um, uh, Ms. Gomez. So, 
the way I see it is that whether or not, and like I said, I've never argued with Burner's ability to create a new genre. Invention for me, originality is the bedrock, right? Any billionaire that, truthfully, if Thomas Edison was alive today and was a billionaire and was selling bulbs that he'd invent, oh, Thomas, brilliant. Well done. Good on you. Because you invented, you went and invented something and you're selling it, right? Because you're providing light bulbs to people. Fantastic. Well done to you, Thomas. The issue is there's a lack of originality. And we've spoken about this. We talk about the arts. You, that was one of the major points that I felt. Was- I, I, I disagree with you. Maybe this is but I disagree with you completely that there's no originality in Burner Boy's work. But, no, no, no. That's what I'm coming um, to continue. now. I didn't say there's no originality. However, he's not self-aware enough for me. And this is the thing. Burner Boy is probably... If, okay, let's depend on the song or whatever. But if you look at most of I'd actually give him like, okay, 75% original, right? I, I, I don't, you know, it depends on the song. Because some, some songs are 100%. Like, there's nothing like it. I've never heard anything like it before, right? So we're talking about his old discography, which is a bit unfair, but it's an arbitrary number. My issue with him is he doesn't say, ah, yeah, so, yeah, some of it was kind of based on inspiration, he only really references Othella, and I noticed you said that, and I'm glad you said that. He only, this is my issue, primarily with him versus the roots Rema took. Because Rema has come out before and said, oh, I'm creating Afro Rave, right? I'm not going to be disingenuous and say he hasn't said that. He has come out and said it, that he's creating his own, you know, kind of uh, whatever rave means, whatever that means, right? So... But my issue with Burner, like I told you when he said that those comments was, you don't exist in a vacuum. No man, woman, or they exists in a vacuum. This is always my issue. I'm not saying don't go and create this new sound. Great, good on you. I listened to Last Last, it was banging. I listened to, you know, I like City Boys off the new album. Like, he's got good stuff. I'm not going to deny that. Great stage presence, blah, blah, blah. But he really needs to work on his self-awareness. Like, he can't be making certain claims. You know, oh, everybody, he, he, you know, he said, oh, Felad made the shout out to my godfather, basically. Uh, everyone else in between, if you look at their lyrics, is rubbish. If, if, for the matter of this reading, what Bernabé is saying, again, this is something else that I don't want to rehash. But in a nutshell, the claim is that Yes, I sample. Nobody asks nobody asks Drake to list every single person he samples when he switches from, from Jamaica and redeem one day to UK to dance to electric dance the other day. Nobody asks anybody to do that. Don't ask Burner Boy to do it either. Um, he samples music, he samples music, he samples hip hop, he samples art, he samples a lot of stuff. He he speaks in his mother tongue. So he's not fumbling Americana. He's not. He speaks Yoruba. He speaks hard Yoruba. You know, he speaks slang. He speaks Patakot, streets, courts, area boy slang. He, he's he's still true to his music, but he mixes it with with a lot of stuff. So he calls it Afrofusion. He says it's a different genre. Um, so like saying that he samples is not pointing out anything um, to him. Sampling is the, the that that is the fusion there. It's it's adding elements of hip hop and all these other sounds to what it used to be um, in a trust sound. And, and I guess, you know, Rema is of a different generation. Maybe he's a different temperament. He's operating at a different scale. You know, I think it's funny that... I, I don't particularly like the the remix with Selena Gomez, but I, but I understand how sonically, you know, whoever came up with the idea is very smart. They know how to, like... Oh, you it's mean... More, it's more, you need Don. You mean Don? The Don? <laughs> no, I'm, no. I, I mean, I mean the, mean the Serena. Right? I mean the Serena end um, because I think it came that no, way. No, no, no. Rema was the one that approached her. It was Rema that approached her. It wasn't the other way. Look, and and I, I here's my other thing about. I, I find. Their, I don't know for a fact, but I, but I think it was the other way around. I find um, the. I find the. I think it was more Rema, but there was some um, reciprocity, but. I think it was more Rema. Back to your burner boy. My issue is not even 
sampling. My issue is, again, he doesn't want to own. He doesn't want to own it. Like I don't, I don't know how to put it. Like it's the framework. he doesn't. He doesn't need to. Now. I don't understand what you're saying. Like he, he's, he the music is original. To. His music is original. If he, what he's not, he's not, with he's not covering. He's not doing covers. He's not doing the cover in his own voice and then now talking shit. He's making original music by sampling elements from different things. He doesn't need to own up to anything in that regard. He doesn't need yeah. to own up to anything. But then, don't then call others unoriginal. Don't call the other people. Sure you can. No, you can't. It's it's, hypocr- he's, it's hypocritical. It's not. It's hypocritical. He's How doing, is this hypocritical? He's, he's, creating, he's creating something new. He's, he's creating a new sound. Others are also doing. No. And then he's then calling them out on it, and then not re- no. That's but role. but that's his that's his entire point. His entire his entire point is that I am doing something different with my sampling stuff. You all sound the same because you're trying to sound like the next thing, the last thing you heard on the radio. Like that's that's different between what Banner Boy is saying. Like that that's exactly what he's saying. There. Like I am doing something different. You guys are all trying to sound like the last hit. So whatever is that is a critique people have given of Drake. That whatever whatever is sounding on the radio, if it's drill, he's hopping on drill. If it's dancehall, he's hopping on dancehall. Here's my here's my issue with Burner Boy as well. You cannot say that with every artist that has released in the last year. You can't, but that is but, but, but that, that is his assessment no, of the no, landscape. No. And this is why people were annoyed with him. And this is why Rema's approach. Now, to me, and it's funny that you should say Rema, you know, because Rema actually referenced the point of. Um, whether or not we're Afro this or Afro that, we're all Afro beats, right? At the headies. Now, so clearly he, and I, I'm so glad he came out to say that because for me, you cannot collectively, if he had, if Bernard had named names, his comments would have been so valid. Like if he had said, okay, this artist, what, this artist, What Rema is saying artist. simply is that the naming convention is now set in stone. So, we might as well call ourselves Afrobeats. Bernard Boyd is choosing to be pedantic and say, no, that classification is wrong. It's something else. Afrobeats, beats, insofar as, insofar as it exists as a thing that everybody now uses, by that fact alone, it is Afrobeats. So on, on the, in that single category that everybody considers is Afrobeats, if that's what you all call it, I guess we might as well call it Afrobeats. Fine. But if Bernard Boy chooses to be pedantic about it, I also like this. And I, I, I'm not the reason why you know you were surprised that earlier on I wasn't, I was, I don't know, maybe I came off as contrite or something, was because to not me, it's, it's not, not it's not, they're, they're both squares. I don't have to square a circle here. I can, I can agree with, with what Rema said, and I can agree with what Bernard Boy said too. I don't think I have to choose one necessarily of the two. I mean, that's your boy, so I fully, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but... No, no, it's, 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 it's nature of the beast. It's speaking nature of, of the beast. Speaking, um, speaking of beast yeah. and, and, and of things of that nature, um, again, American influence on the UK, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, I mean, I, I've seen lots of Top Boy videos on TikTok or whatever, yeah, yeah. on social media, so you, you guys do like our stuff as well, but... Unfortunately, something has been imported from the US and it's causing serious trouble in the UK. Right. This is the the, the 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 is it the breed, should we call it? Apparently it's yeah, yeah, breed. the American breed. The breed. Apparently it's not an official so the UK, you know, we like classifications, right? So the UK has something called the Kennel Club. I think the dog kennel or the dog is it Crofts or the yeah. The essentially is like the body for naming and laws regarding dogs and dog breeds or whatever. And actually, the XL Bully, American XL Bully dog, is not an actual breed, defined breed, at least in the UK, anyway. Um, but we know it's an American, let's say, variant of the pit bull, um, bred with any, yeah, kind of large, kind of large dog. These dogs are, you know, they're huge. They're huge. Um, and unfortunately, literally about well, within the last 48 hours, a gentleman died. Um, trigger warning. There's a, there's a very like graphic video of the dog just going at him. 
Um, and yeah, unfortunately, he passed away. And my right, so I I don't think I think nowadays because of the I mean, the, the, the way it's playing out on TV to me, at least for my own, just thirty thousand, you know, mild view here. The way it's playing out oh. is if they are. Moshi um, Sunak was given an address, you know, gave a statement to address the issue. There's been some black boys going go on TV and explain why American Excel bully dogs are not so bad. The conversation, there's a conversation about why is it a black person who they are showing or some racy aspect to it. And the, with, with, with Moshi Sunak, people are asking what type of, how are they that jobless basically in the UK? That you know the prime minister, whatever, has to be talking about. Um, right. Let me let me contextualize. Right. The UK, and this might be a shock for our, work. for our Nigerian listeners. Yeah. For example, um, there are single issue things in the UK that if people, the electorate, decide to start talking about, and da, 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 the president or the prime minister or the leader of the nation, shock, surprise has to address the nation about yes there are countries where that happens if there is enough because this is a topic that has dominated the last week in terms of attacks and unfortunately we have had like two people die but you know was it one person died definitely and then um a number of serious injuries including an 11 year old girl so we had two serious attacks essentially and i think 10 people this year have died from those dog attacks and in the uk if something catches fire in terms of news um proverbially speaking then yeah politicians are kind of you know have to comment so that's really how democracy should work peeps yeah if people have an issue and they raise it to their constituents I, 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 I could not disagree with of course you, you would as an american you guys said. you guys you guys are used to doing everything for yourself including governing yourself no. No, they cannot. Including, it cannot. It cannot be that. It cannot be that the government has to respond to every single. Trend yes, they do. They are that our every representatives. Time, that every time something trends, you put them every time something trends. Every time something trends on TV, no, it's not. Government has, to, government has to address it. Okay, to let's not put it like. Let's be very. No. Let's be, let's be very serious here. Like no. people have died. That, that's people that's what died. you said. If, even if people die. Is there everything that needs a government policy that, to address? There, right there, is the American problem because you have school shootings every day. If now, you now, now, who is now who is to you realize know, I'm things? Real. I'm being real. Now, who is sometimes, things? Sometimes the, your president doesn't even come out. The your president doesn't even to come and speak. People the die. Prin- the principle is that, that the principle is done. that they relate. They are. They are. There should be limits to the aspects of a person's life that the government is involved in. Dogs? The government, in the the government has a... Chill, chill. The government has a duty, for example. The government has a duty to, to make it a law that you wear seatbelts. The government cannot be held responsible or you cannot make it... That is the extent to which their policy goes. That it is, it is against the law to not wear seatbelts. Um, you understand? There's nothing the government can do about you, Mr. A, choosing to wear a seatbelt. The so government cannot say, the, the government cannot say, you have the police there to enforce the law. Who is right? The police. No, chill, chill. It's, it's in the means of enforcement. So even, even with the way they enforce traffic law, it is when you're caught. The government does not say every single citizen, take a picture of your seatbelt every time or show us your seatbelt at all that's times. A, you have to choose. Happening. That's not what's happening here. I, let me, let no, me, no, no, let no, 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 no. The, the point is that the point is that you have to choose how to enforce these laws because in the, in order to ensure perfect compliance, because the government is taking is taking a chance that it's taking a risk of basically that the police will not be able to see every single person who doesn't wear their seat belt mm-hmm. at any given mm-hmm. point in time, and yep. so some people will be stupid enough to die. Now, if the government wanted to take a maximalist position. They would say everybody has to have a camera in their car monitoring their seatbelt use at all times because we cannot allow even one person to die. But we don't say that because we live in the real world. So you cannot tell me that a single death or just because somebody died. No, you have to. These are the hard facts of life 
the hard right. facts of and, governance. And, and this is um, and this this is why there's variance, right? This is why some pilgrims decided that they wanted to get on a boat and they wanted to rule themselves in a different way. That is the right of self-determination. You decide how you, what set of principles, you decide how small government you want to be, how big government you want to be. That's your right as a nation. Don't then complain that certain instances are happening in your country and certain risks. Of course you can complain now because it's a tension and it's a fine margin and it depends on its circumstance. So I gave the example of seatbelts. I gave the example of seatbelts. No, that's, 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 come on, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of, of reductionist. Like you, you can't just say you have to choose one extreme or the other within the circumstances would determine but it's the philosophy that matters the philosophy being that government intervention is contextual so if we're talking about guns it's one thing if we're talking about dogs another thing if we're talking about, let, let about, but how we how we got the real chair was simply you suggesting that the government needs to institute a policy every time something is trending and becomes national I did not news. Say that. And then you amended you amended the statements, you amended it to include I said the a government, consideration for lives no, and for loss of life. I said the government comments, not legislates. I said the government comments and this is recorded. So play it back. Play it back. Run it back. I said the government comments in the UK. If there is a substantial of course, they don't legislate for anything. That everything that would be ridiculous, and they don't do that. But they do comment if there's a particular issue of national interest. It's cultural here for the government to comment from time to time. They don't even comment on everything. Now, of course, loss of life meant that this had to be dealt with. And in the UK, again, this might not be an American issue because you all live on four hectares of land per person. So great. In the UK, people. We have a lot more pets. I don't. I think per capita, I don't know. We must own the most dogs and cats and whatever in the world. It's quite common for people's dog to be walking in a park, especially because you know we have a garden, for example. Not everybody in the UK has a garden. People live in flats. People live in terraced housing that don't have flats. You know, it's quite common for people to just walk outside, go for walks to walk their dogs, and this issue. This is a country where you have millions that own pet dogs. So for them, and they love their dogs. So dog health is very important to the Brits. So I'm not saying I agree that the government should have spoken on it. I'm just saying some other countries might want to respect their electorates. And actually, when the electorate is complaining about something, you know, maybe comment and try and do something about it. That's what I'm saying. Sure, no, yeah, sure. And I'm seeing some every time that people complain about things that the government needs to do anything about. Of course, we get ignored a lot because 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 the mechanism or the dynamic by which things become national news is extremely contextual. Also, not everything makes it to prime time that should be prime time. Sometimes the function of the person who was injured, if the person is connected in a particular way. The story becomes national news with framing the right pacing of the story or the you know five on the five o'clock news hour. It becomes a big thing. Something trends. Somebody becomes a celebrity. Um, that like things trend because many people are tweeting about it. It trends and then it makes it onto the news. Next thing you're saying, government should intervene. In that type of you know what's so funny? To I don't. Me. I don't. You're, you're I don't saying this that. from the country that created. Uh, what's it called? Um, celebrity gossip mags, celebrity gossip news, e news, the country that gave us the Kardashians and makes them prime time. No, news. no, but but country nobody does tabloids. Nobody does tabloid stuff like like the UK. Um, the American on. media is a lot more robust. Yes, definitely. Hang on, this is the country that is has Hollywood culture that you know. So let's not let let's be very very real here. What we're talking about, and okay, let me talk about okay. Let's talk about gun. Let's let's very quickly. We're going to wrap up, but let's just talk about. You talked about gun control. A lot of you might know someone called Andy Murray. Andy Murray went to school in his hometown of Dunblane in Scotland, and I don't know if it was eighty-seven, eighty-five, or eighty-eight, mid to late eighties. A gunman came to his primary school and um, killed tens of kids. 
young children, um, all between three and eight years old. That was the last mass shooting that we've had in the UK. Do the maths. And the Murray is about 35, 36 years old. You do the maths. So now has that stopped other forms of crime? Of course not. Has that even stopped shooting? No. Of course, people have illegal, people have found ways to smuggle guns, but that's the last mass shooting that the UK has seen. Now, I, would, I would argue, I would argue that, I would argue that in the trade-off essentially for the society, considering the scale and the size of the US relative to the UK, I would argue that trade-off, however cynical or matter-of-factly this comes across to you, I would argue that the trade-off essentially is that the same attitude that unfortunately leads to more mass shootings in the US, the same attitude or the same ideology with regards to the nature of government relations with citizens, the same, the same principle basically that allows for more mass shooting. Some could argue allows for the capitalist success, the democratic structure, the cultural attitude, the Hollywood dominance globally of movies, the soft power that America, you know, um, protrudes to the whole world. I would argue that like all of those things are part of a part of a crescent, beautiful, ugly, terrifying, terrible, wonderful jumble of um, things that make America the way it is. And I, I have come around to the belief that you cannot, you cannot, it's extremely difficult to disentangle that. And that's why I said the people decide the leaders and how they want to be led and how they want to live their lives. No, oh, I mean, that's why I said yeah. that. So it's Con, con, consider, 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 consider any and immigration statistics to and from the US to the data to and from the UK, which group of people is losing more of their younger population to the other place? You know, are more Americans moving to the UK or are more people from the UK moving over to America? Where does it seem like there's more portability for the average person? These are all objective metrics that you can use. So somewhat objective, not a completely objective, subjective. But these are all metrics that people can use to compare the merits of hey, you know, given an idea. Is a brain drain from the UK to the US? Is that what you're trying to I'm, say? I'm, I'm suggesting that the US is such a, a behemoth, essentially, and part of the reason why it's so powerful, both culturally military militarily and economically you literally that it, you literally that it attracts no yes sure 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 but but the US is twice has more influence than the UK in, in development in the diplomatic world order. The no, world order that, that exists that's by virtue no that's not the world order that, that exists today was constructed by it's the is the US's infrastructure. It's the net, US's network of infrastructure that holds up the world as it is. No, I'm I'm, sp I'm speaking directly to the heart of the matter, no, and I'm saying that I'm saying that there are metrics that you can use to to judge the quality of ideological systems. If an ideologically great commentary like you call yourselves, um, behemoth, not great, not great, just no, better than, not, just better than. Not yes. great, just better than better, ideologically better yes. than that doesn't even know what a world champion is. But yeah, sure. If if an ideologically great country like yourselves cannot better that or better, whatever you call it, cannot reason how to stop mass shootings, then um or perhaps doesn't understand the vagrancies of, of geography, world geography. No, perhaps, no, no, perhaps, I mean no no again, again, again you're not even reckoning you're not reckoning with the you're not recording with what's at stake. It's as if I don't say anything at all. You know, that's if you never said anything I said. If after everything I've said, you're still saying if they can't solve. No, you're saying you're still saying if they can't solve mass shooting. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is that mass shooting is a feature. Part of your culture. That's what it's a feature, not a bug of the system. It's part of your culture. It's not something that like yeah. I understand. And if that is 
tolerable, then so be it. And Godspeed. Now, it's so not tolerable. Why, clearly, it is because you are fighting for the right for your people to carry guns. You are here. You claim to be. You claim to be someone who's against it. I'm just. I'm just still. I'm just still manning. I'm I'm for gun control. I'm just providing. I'm just providing the strongest argument possible. I, I'm. I'm demonstrating. I'm demonstrating and some significant intellectual prowess here. And inherently, the difference between an American and a Brit, individual over self. And like, remember, I told you all humans are inherently selfish. I told you this. So the difference here is, can you have a big picture view on? you're wanting to own a gun, right? Because every human being, regardless of country, let's just say there were no countries now and there were guns made and individuals could just get a gun. Now, we've now created countries. There's been context of wars. There's been context of families. There's been context of deranged individuals doing things, shootings, blah, blah, blah. Now there, needs, there comes a need now to regulate because people can't be trusted. That's ultimately, you can't trust everyone to be reasonable with it. Now, one culture says, as part of our entrepreneurial spirit, freedom spirit, I rule my homestead spirit, I am a, you know, globalist, like you said, I'm a Hollywood magnate, I am me, I am him. I need to be able to hold on to this girl, right? Fine. I know that these bad things happen, but I need to hold on to this. That's what makes me me. Another culture then says, actually, yeah, we know we, we would like to hold on to them. And it's different ways of thinking. And all I'm trying to say is, going back to the main topic, I don't even know how we got here, but going back, going back no, to it's, the it's, topic, going back to the main it's, topic, it's yeah. a fair, it's a fair and interesting like place to place to kind of like end on because fundamentally the. Fundamentally, what's at stake, the tension here is that sometimes what's best for the good of the people, quote-unquote, the larger people, might be against my personal interests. Bingo. Sometimes that's the case. And one system, the American system, does more to address that tension than the other. Um, so obviously, it's like, think, think of it as a scale. On one end of the scale is personal interest. On the other end of the scale is, is community interest. Um Keep in mind also that sometimes those two things are intention, personal interest versus community interest. One philosophy leans more towards community. The other leans more towards um, um, personal. If you look at which one is more balanced, if you look at the full scale and say which one is more balanced, I personally think um, the one that leans a little more towards personal interest is more balanced than the one that leads a little more um, towards and it depends. It depends on how you plot the graph. Um, but I think that's a good place to wrap it up, Dan. Um, this was a fun. This was a fun um, episode, and you know we'll, we'll see you guys. Dan has disappeared from my screen, but you know you guys can still hear his voice, and we'll see you and, and talk to you. Yeah, we'll see you and talk to you um, next week. Let us know who you agree with. Um, you know those two schools of thoughts. Let us know. Peace.